Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of Laruminating Gaming, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. I'm your host, Lash LaRue, and I'm a gamer, a big one, completely addicted, and I'm not even ashamed of it. Uh, and that's pretty much the theme of this show. I really want to dive into the origins and evolutions of our gaming addictions. And today, I want to kick it off with a really good one, one of my first addictions, Metal Gear. And to help me kick it off, I've got four members of Foxhound joining me today who actually host their own podcasts on Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, first up, we've got Brando, who's one of the co-hosts of Brevity Box. What's going on, Brando? I want to make a correction. I actually identify as a member of Dead Cell. <laughs> you know, hey, thank you, Brando. I appreciate that. So we got the first one up as a bad guy. Uh, all right. And then our co-host uh, to the same show, Brevity Box, we've got Charlie, Triple hey, C. Hey. What is up? I'm here to dig into all the fandom from Metal Gear. There you go. Right on. And then uh, next, we've got Kyle from Ruminations Red Room uh, going over everything that's uh, scary and frightening. Checked out a couple of those. Those are really good. What's going on, Kyle? Brother! <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got liquid in the house. Do you want to be, do you want to be liquid going forward? <laughs> No, nah, I, I can't pull it off. But yeah, no, I'm Kyle. I'm from, uh, I host Ruminations of Red Room, a horror podcast under the radio network umbrella. And I'm happy to be here. I love Metal Gear. So let's do this. Rock and roll. All right. And then we've got, uh, last but certainly not least, we've got Tony from Tony's Tall Tales, another podcast under Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, what's going on, Tony? Doing great. Living the dream. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Kojima is my spirit animal. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, I I'm not not inviting somebody who is has that in their bio for the website. I saw that and I was like, Your Tony's got to be on Kojima. <laughs> I gotta say, after after playing through Metal Gear Solid Five, Hideo and I definitely have an emotionally abusive relationship. Oh, I can't wait to get into this. <laughs> yeah, this, this is gonna be set up kind of like a uh, Metal Gear AA meeting. Okay, so like uh, every time, every, well, probably the worst AA meeting you've ever been a part of, because what we're going to do is every time somebody says nanomachines, you have to, you know, drink or whatever it else is that you're doing. Uh, you have to do that. So, but uh, especially make sure that, if you're at home or driving a car. That's correct. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah, uh, you guys ready to talk some Metal Gear? Always. All right, let's do it. So, Brando, I'm going to start with you because, right. you know, we've, we've had some, some, you know, smaller conversations leading up to this point. And you had mentioned uh, some stuff with Metal Gear, and specifically Metal Gear Solid 2. And I didn't want you to go too into it at the time, but I was really, really curious. You had made a comment about the relevance of Metal Gear Solid 2 this day and age. And I kind of wanted you to go into that because I'm very, very curious. And uh, yeah, I want to hear more about that. Well, the last, I mean, even just the last couple of years, you can look at social media filtering out with its algorithms, what information you see and don't see is kind of what the Patriots AI was trying to do to America. Uh, absolutely. And I, I thought, I thought that that was, that was dead on. And actually what, I, what we should probably do is start with what, where did you start with Metal Gear? What was your relationship with Metal Gear? So I originally played it probably when I was five years old. Original OG NES Metal Gear. I was visiting some cousins in Colorado. They had it for the NES. And I remember 
us down in the basement playing through it with graph paper trying to make maps so we could keep track of where we were going. And I mean, I was really young. I didn't understand a whole lot of it at the time. I never really made it back to that game. But when the original trailers and information came out about Metal Gear Solid releasing for the PlayStation, it reminded mm-hmm. me of those times. I started reading more about the game and thought this is something I could really get into. And well, shit, many years later, here we are now. <laughs> yeah, so so you were talking about, so the initial ones you played one were the MSX, is that right? Yeah, the version they released under the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, okay, yeah, so they released those ones on there as well. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. And um, um, y- you had mentioned something else, too, about the game, um, Metal Gear Solid, that is, that it was the first real cinematic title that you've ever experienced right yeah i before even putting that into our discord i tried to think long and hard about any other game that really gave you that action movie feel before i came up with absolutely nothing can anybody else think of any other uh games that were that had that cinematic feel before metal gear solid because that was definitely the first cinematic game that i remember playing we're talking playstation one metal gear solid correct yes Hmm. Man, that's a a deep I think, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like that title, because that's what I, when I was exposed to uh, Metal Gear was that first title on PlayStation. And it was pretty mind-blowing because it was, I think, yeah, I hadn't seen any other game that had the qualities of cinema quite like that title uh, at at that time. I don't think, I can't remember anything before that. Um, that kind of resonated as, as deeply as it did. I really think they captured, for me, they captured me with, um, I mean, didn't they break the fourth wall in that game? Oh, yeah. so when oh they, absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, Psycho Mantis, was that right? No, it wasn't even that. One of the, the first time I broke the fourth wall was to get a hold of your contact on the inside, Meryl. It told you to look up her radio frequency by looking on the back of the case. Right. At the same time, though, in that game's inventory, you were carrying like a, a disc in a case or something. So I spent a while screwing around with that. And then I had to jump on the Internet, look at game facts. And it's like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> what was what was the what was the cinematic where you had the controller shaking in your hand? A lot of them. That was Psycho Man. I mean, yeah, it was Psycho Man. Yeah. That that moment, I think. Because I remember, I think I was working at GameStop at the time. Because I, I, I remember people still talking about the shock and awe of that game, of that moment. Oh, put it down it on was, the table, and I'll walk it across the table for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, and you know, that that put something that put a different. I mean, that made it. An, I mean, it was going in the class of its own from that moment on. Yeah, and then the other thing that the other part that people missed from that was that, or that they forget sometimes, is that. He was reading your mind and you had to take yeah. the controller port and put it into port two. So, and then, That's and then right. he couldn't reach your mind cause you couldn't beat him unless you switched it out, you know? And, and everybody's like, well, how in the hell were you supposed to know that? <laughs> I mean, I that, because it, if you call, yeah, if you call the amazing. colonel enough, they'll just slap, slap you across the face with it. Oh yeah. You had to keep hitting up the codec, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it also too, with that specific game, there just be, there's so many um, things that were influenced by cinema. Obviously, Kojima being a, a huge um, movie buff, um, 
it's just everything with the camera, the way he made his transitions. You obviously yeah. had the voice cast. You had that intro. Just his mood and the way he presented the 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 story and the game was was cinematic. The way he cut shots, the way he zoomed in, the way he used letterboxing, um, his transitions, his uh, I mean the score. There was so much of it that felt like a big budget movie um, at the time. That well, he he's a really he's a movie it. maker at his heart, right? I mean, that's what he wanted to be originally. I think or yeah. something to that point. Yeah. Anyone that's played Metal Gear Solid Four can confirm the fact that the guy just wanted to make fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're not referring to the uh, the cutscenes, would you be? Are you ready? <laughs> the ninety minute long cutscenes? No. What are, what are you talking about? Well, no, no. that's like. That's like that's like Mike. I always tell him. I tell him, "Hey, man, Metal Gear Solid Four. You got to try it." He's like, "Oh, I like it. It's a great movie." <laughs> you know that game gets such a knock for for being as long as it is, but I think there, that's part of what makes that game really sing. In terms of that's what makes that particular title so. so I'm with you, Tony. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's just there's something about that that just I love. That's that title is in my top three, and it, there's just something about that game that just really mess of fan service that kind of works oh no it it 100 works <laughs> yeah it works for 1000 works so it might brave, be though, right yeah. i mean isn't that brave to i mean lean in like that and did any other game do that even close maybe final fantasy but not even the that no. not to that level no. no i don't think so no i think it's a it's a it's there's that surrealism and abstract just meld of, of 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 a game and it just it's it's almost like it's so ridiculous it's good it, it just it it, it just it like you know i think that's a good way of putting it uh triple c that it, it just it really did lean into uh kind of the ridiculous of it but i think it, it worked really really well especially in the in that in that environment there's something else that pops into my head about that game specifically though like everybody kind of knows these like the importance of of specific sounds like you know if you if i say cubert anybody who's played or walked by that arcade machine more than three or four times knows the sound that cubert's making if you say pac-man it's a similar thing with metal gear that alarmed soldier sound exclamation point cell phone alert yep it is absolutely unmistakable brand you could put it anywhere and anybody who recognizes it. And it's a lot of people worldwide, right? I mean, it's a, I, I, I think of those, like you're saying, the voice, the, the soundtrack, but also the voice work, the voice acting and that type of voice acting that, <laughs> that, that specific, that's a whole type. You could say a metal yeah. gear type and it would, people would understand that sort of over the top brother like he said when you came on kyle that was great well yeah, you could argue me. that kojima he did pioneer what three three genres now um full-on like the stealth genre he really kind of pioneered the um every other game that's come after that has taken some elements from metal gear Absolutely. I, I would, I would totally agree with that. And, you know, and, and even with now that he's done death stranding, I mean, that was a yeah. whole, that was a whole nother, a whole thing new too. genre. Yep. FedEx simulator. <laughs> it's the Amazon delivery service genre. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does Brando, does Brando not like death stranding? 
Brando's never played Death Stranding, so I have no, I can't really, I have no legitimate opinion on it. I've just seen trailers and gameplay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Tony, when you said, when you said that it was in your top three, top three Metal Gear games, right? Yeah. Okay. What is, cause I, what I really want to find out with everybody on is, is, is there any disparity between what we feel like is the best Metal Gear game? And uh, I'd like to get kind of a pulse on that. So if you said it's in your top three, what is what is your favorite Metal Gear game? I think I think MGS4 just barely nudges out just because there was something about that game, especially for me. It just it just triggered such intense emotional responses for me that no other MGS game got close to. And also, too, I argue hands down that 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 collection of bosses is some of the best collection of bosses in any game. Almost. Favorite boss? What was your favorite boss in that? I, it's almost a tie between <laughs> between Vamp. Yep. And the Metal Gear Ray. Now I got to interrupt Fire. here because is that just the your favorite boss on pure like aesthetic alone, or is it your favorite boss battle? I think it's both. I think just the way the way they play out, yeah, aesthetically, but then how you actually have to take them down. I well, I think the Metal Gear Ray was a little bit more aesthetically than how it actually played out. But Vamp, mm-hmm. there was just something about that with the side. I mean, that was just shameless fan oh. service. I loved the hell out of the Rex first Ray fight. I can play the role of someone in the audience who doesn't hadn't played that game. And what was the difference in how you had to take down? vamp versus metal gear ray and well it's because you like, got to learn what make vamps tick and guess what it wasn't supernatural it was nano machines take a drink yeah. there it is oh, do it do it oh, do it shot, 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 shot. i'm gonna start i'm gonna start sneaking it in there too <laughs> so so charlie four is one of the ones you haven't played then that's right charlie played through chapters one and two of four but that was it mm. Okay, all right. Uh, just couldn't stick with it or didn't care for it? What was the one? Sons of Liberty was the last one that I played through to the end. You've Okay. I personally and, watched you play two and three. I don't know if you ever touched. I'm, I'm sure you t- you played through one in the past, but. Dude, you I had to have played Snake Eater. You haven't played Snake Eater? No, no you played so. Snake Eater. I did. The one, the, one, the one during the Cold War. Yeah. Oh yes, no, 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 I did, I did. No, I did that one. Yes. I think we have. I think we have three and a half members of Foxhound. <laughs> Just got demoted. It, no, that's I all right. Though. We're gonna we're I gonna did. get him. We're gonna get him promoted. That's what. No, we're here's doing. here's what I can tell you. For me, is that I had a disconnect at a portion of the game, uh, a series. I said an like a small part in that series boss fight and i want to say uh brando and i had talked about it many times there was just something in the series that lost me and then i my interest went to more i think i was getting more into real like metal gear for me uh led to splinter cell right Mm, and then i started getting into that very realism simulation or more stuff and it wasn't for any other reason than I got I had a disconnect with some of the crazy fantastical fantasy writing that was getting into the game. Metal Gear Solid, the first one, uh, I love that game. I love that game deeply. And I really had fun with uh with two 
and three, I guess, is where the one that was in Cold War era. That was great. But once, and then uh, what was the one where Raiden was running all over the? Should make world? Make, I should make him play Rising if he hasn't. That was Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, mm-hmm. which is which was not for a great game. Right, and if I understand, that was not um, Kojima didn't uh, have. I mean, he was a producer for it, but he didn't like write and direct it. Correct. You could take one look correct. at that game and see that it was not written or directed by Hideo <laughs> Right, right. Well, see, and that's why I actually never got to it. That's why I never got to it was because uh, it wasn't Kojima, directly Kojima, so it wasn't considered canon, or is it considered canon? Not, like, in the, in, in the, the timeline, it is. It is considered. Don't know, but... don't care, don't matter. Great game. No. <laughs> It doesn't, but it's a good game. It is, it, I was surprised with that game. I was, and I think I was going with low expectations for those reasons. But I was pleasantly surprised, and it did. I mean, it, it's a solid title, and I, I, I think mean, come it does. On. The, the last boss alone proves that Kojima's yes. fucking Nostradamus. Oh, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. He is. Yeah, I know. He made a he made a, a game about connection instead of shooting everybody in 2020. So imagine <laughs> that. When wow. he made the senator say the phrase, it just my my brain kind of melted a little bit. <laughs> there mm. you go. All right, I got to I got to get Kyle in here because Kyle uh, brought up bosses, and we've been chatting a little bit about uh, Metal Gear the last couple of days. What game do you felt like had the best collection of bosses? Like the best collection of villains, or the best collection of like boss fights. Boss fights. Boss fights. Um, um, probably Metal Gear Solid, just the first one. Um, I'll go sign that. I enjoy every fight. I mean, that alone, just the uh, the Psycho Mantis fight was awesome. It was something that's never been done before. It's still talked about to this day. Um, I'm also a really big fan of like sniping in games. Like if there's like like if you're able to snipe in games, I'm like totally for it. And the whole sniper wolf plotline oh, and man. her backstory yeah. uh, and that whole fight uh, just down the corridor and yeah, you know Meryl getting shot. It was just really epic. Like the fights had like the fights had like really like dire consequences to them if you were to fail. Like mm-hmm. like so much was riding on the boss fights in the first game to me. And I know like that could be said about like a lot of the fights in other games too, but. Um, I don't know. Like they just felt heavy, and they felt like they meant something. And what other game had done boss fights like that, like that before, anyways? Right. Yeah. And and with with Sniper Wolf, what I what I always recall from that mm-hmm. fight uh, was, and it stood with me for the rest of the Metal Gear boss battles that I've kind of experienced since then, is that you knew that you were going up against an adversary. But the but he did such an incredible job of making you feel something for that character, like in their last moments, whether it was Vulcan Raven or whether it was Sniper Wolf or Psycho Mantis, it 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 gave them a vulnerability, and it, that that part of it always connected with me. Maybe that's why we just we all, we all felt that epic moment, you know? Yeah, Kyle, your question: If it was the question was best villains, would your answer be different? Uh. No, probably. Well, uh, that's a hard question. I I would say that yes, it would be different. I actually like mm. Dead Cell the most. Probably, mm. I like the Metal Gear Two villains the most. Um, I just like 
Uh, Even Fat not Man with his rollerblades. I love Fat Man, especially <laughs> yeah. Fat Man. Are you kidding me? We were not going to get through this podcast without talking about Fat Man. It was not going to happen. I actually Continue. like that fight too. That fight is so funny. But uh, yeah, no, I just I like the Dead Cell look. Like I like how they look. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, like the like the art style to those characters a lot. And uh, their backstories are kind of like not as you know extravagant as probably the other bosses but um i uh i just enjoy them as like a team like a collective team and uh um it it, one of them like vamp leads into obviously metal gear solid 4 and plays a huge part and um once we get to talking about that that was a i i I don't think i've ever been more excited for a video game in my whole life leading up to metal gear solid 4 yeah how how were how excited were you when you were waiting for three hours and snake smoking a cigarette for that thing to install. God oh, dude, it. I was jacked oh, the whole time. Yeah. I was me too. <laughs> yeah, I was like just staring at, like staring at the screen. Dude, my heart, my heart, BPS was at like one seventy five. I was just like, <laughs> sweating bullets. I was like, let's do this. Come on, let's go. Oh, I know, I know. Because I, I remember distinctly with that game. I, this is, I think, why too, why it had such an impact on me. Um, that moment where you go through the intro. And it was one of the first games that ever did this. And I'm sure there's a couple of others that did it before MGS4, but it was so prominent where he's going through the video and it's in letterbox. And as soon as he jumps off the truck, the letterbox disappears. And it's what you just saw in the video is the exact same gameplay graphics. Like there was no transition, no cut. It was literally Snake is going into battle. So everything you saw up to that point... And I literally had to put the controller down because as yeah. soon as the letterbox yeah. was gone, I just was like, no fucking way. He did not just do this. <laughs> and I had to just put it down and I had to take a step back because that shit was so amazing to me. I, I, it just it was like I was in a goddamn movie. And all of a sudden I'm controlling the character that is in the movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, what, I remember that like exact. A, no, go, no, you go ahead, Kyle. I remember that moment, though. I was just going to say it, it was like uh what Naughty Dog is famous for now. Like it was the Naughty Dog before the Naughty Dog where the camera mm. pulls back and it doesn't break cutscene. It doesn't go to a black yep. screen. It was just like, you're watching this thing and all of a sudden it pulls out and you're like, oh wait, am I, am I controlling it right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, like where yeah. was the like end cutscene black screen? Like where was that at? Like I didn't yeah. see it. Well, God of Wars did it. I mean, that I don't think it had one, I don't think it blacked out once. I think the entire thing was one cut basically. Yeah, the 2018 one was a, uh, a complete one shot. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. And I, it, it's funny when you mentioned that, Tony, because just, just you talking about, cause I, 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 I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about those clips just fading away. And then you're, you're right in the game. But I, it took me back to that moment when I was playing that on PlayStation three. And that, that's awesome. That was absolutely awesome. Cause he was riding in the back of the, the military yeah. vehicle and he was war, you know, he was, talking. yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, war has changed. War has changed. Yeah, see, what is it good for? Yeah. <laughs> the war economy. That's so, that's so good. It turns um, out it was throat cancer. <laughs> it turns out it was throat cancer. <laughs> uh, do you guys um, actually just, uh, I, I'm thinking about it right now. You heard about this Metal Gear movie that they're trying to make? Should not happen. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I th- it, it does anybody Kyle, are you familiar with kind of the the backstory or, or or how they're trying to put this together and who's or who's involved with it? 
Yeah, it's the guy who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. I can't remember his name. It's like Vo Roberts or Robert Vo. Jordan Vogt Roberts. Thank I'm you. Okay. Um, apparently, uh, he's a big, you know, he's huge into Metal Gear. It's like one of his favorite things ever. And he's traveled uh, to like a lot of the cons, like the gaming cons and stuff. And he always met up with Kojima. They formed a relationship. Um, apparently, Kojima backs this guy 100% and says that like if anybody was to do it, it should be this guy. That being said, I mean, uh, should it be made? I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, okay, sure. I mean, why not? Um, if it sucks, I just won't watch it. Or if it sucks and I do watch it, I'll never watch it again. But it has the potential to be great. So, I mean, there's always that. Well, done? like, if you've has got Kojima's endorsement. A video game movie? Uh, Silent Hill was the only one I liked. The first one. Yeah, that was still pretty bad. I heard some decent things about the Sonic movie. Did you guys hear anything about yeah, that? That or? was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, it actually was good. I was I was surprised yeah, by that one. I was, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was really surprised. Yeah, it, it was the movie turtle that showed me Jim Carrey must be hard up for some cash. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if, you know but although to be fair, no. if anybody's to play <laughs> Doctor Robotnik, it should be Jim Carrey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He fucking nailed it. Well, and, yeah, and a did. word about Kong Island. I mean, if the guy's got green screen experience about making a movie that to scale has these giant figures and some, you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. Charlie, do you, it, do you recall the scene in that movie where he, where, um, Oh God, what's his name? Loki from the MCU. What's his name? Tom, He's in the oh, Hiddleston. Tom, Tom Hiddleston, yeah, where where the green smoke pops and he goes slow mo and he's got a katana and he's yeah. flying through this green smoke and he's attacking. Th- I was like, this guy could maybe do Metal <laughs> Gear. He could maybe yeah. do it, you know. And yeah. I, I think he put on a gas mask that looked like a Psycho Mantis mask, and I was just, I just got these weird feelings. I mean, I'm with you. I'm very hesitant, but I don't know. I, I feel like how many the thing is it gives you hope because it's at least somebody who you think like those are the things I get interested in. Like I think that the man has experience making a movie. And if you look at when that movie was made, a lot of technology is around that wasn't around then. Yeah. And that movie still looks pretty good in terms of special effects. So it, it makes me feel like that though those two merging together at the right time and then also being signed off by kojima you could have a great movie i don't know how oscar isaac will play it i don't know how he'll come off it i don't know how i don't even know how the feel of the movie will be oh, I, I think I, yeah. you know hard oh, for me not to think of poe dameron having a punchline <laughs> yeah, that's right what's a russian gunship doing here Colonel, well, exactly right push it up so can you imagine him delivering that in that sort of you know how like I, I wonder because Brad Pitt for example he played a lot of roles but he had those pit isms and that pit style where those <laughs> characters sort of like a little bit alike I'm afraid right. of how much Poe Dameron's gonna be yeah in, I, you know in Snake yeah Look, that's, that's the like young Kurt Russell lookalike throw a mullet on him and boom perfect casting <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I think Oscar Isaac can pull off the look. Have you seen Boss Logic? Have you seen him do his stuff? It's not the look that I'm worried about. It's yeah, more it's of like what, what what Triple C is talking about is those isms. Like, can he provide the? Because we we've unfortunately we have an investment with Snake, so we have a certain kind of 
with that actor too, right? With that voice. That's yeah. Gonna that's going to be the disconnect. Yeah. And I think that's, what's going to be really hard is to, to, to be able to, to have Oscar Isaac, if he can pull that off or at least get into something that is unique enough, but not jarring. Cause we had, we, we've been following the snake for so long at this point that we are, we have a certain image and idea of him. And I'm not sure if uh, Oscar Isaac can match that or at least come to something that's going to be, you know, as inspiring and exciting. Is this uh, something we say, just I mean, he's a talented actor, so he could pull it off. Right. Sorry, right. what were you saying, Lush? I was just saying, is this something that we should just throw David Hayter into it? <laughs> he, should, <laughs> he should just act it? I mean, I'm not even... I, I'm know. not even worried about the voice being nailed. I, I'm not yeah. expecting to hear Hater's voice at all. Yeah, it's just his personality is what I'm worried about, yes. and like the vibe he gives off. Like I don't want this like yeah. cocky Han Solo Poe Dameron yes. like kind That's of dude. I'm He's saying. not like that. Amen. And the, right. you gotta have something you could take. Someone you could take seriously. You can't have like another Adrian Brody in Predators. I mean, what the fuck was that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's so funny you mentioned that that was that was awful now but i mean okay but here's the other thing right so there are there are cut scenes in metal gear that are longer than a movie and the <laughs> right? games so, pretty much already are a movie what's the point well but my question is is how do you fit any metal gear story into two hours i mean i kind of feel like this would be better off as a show what do you guys think the mm. only way you could pull that Mini off series, is, like, yeah. like, the shadow moses one that's it right right you could condense it down to like a two and a half hour movie because that's what i'm excited for with the last of us is that it's not it's not a film it is that they're making a show i feel like you can do more with that so that is the perfect idea for ip like that yeah that makes sense to me too no i was i'm saying like i'm i'm with the my concern is really being echoed here too like i'm afraid of the the sort of poe dameron han solo thing well put Kyle, perfect. And then I'm also worried about, you know, the aforementioned sound like that is known for that exclamation point. I'm afraid of it ending up being like so many movies that go from game material into movie. It becomes sort of kitschy. Like I'm worried about, you know, Isaac's snake turning a corner and a real life soldier all geared up Kevlar has a surprise look and you hear that sound like those kind of sticky. I'm worried about that stuff too. I don't know how, maybe he'll do it perfectly. I mean, you know, like Taika Waititi seems to find a way to do things like that perfectly. Yeah. Do the same thing. And that's, what's really difficult about material like this is uh, again, to Brando's point is it's so condensed. Your screen, right? Your screenplay needs to be so solid and so tight that you aren't wasting uh, or, or have that fluff or dead air in there for stuff that you're talking about or that it, it needs to be serving um, a strong narrative and a strong plot. And that's it's it's hard because you have to have established writers that know what the fuck they're doing, but that also too have have a synergy with the director and with the creators and being able to bridge bridge that story into into a cohesive format that will serve well in two and two and a half hours it's fucking difficult you know and actually oh go go ahead go ahead no you go ahead Uh, okay i was gonna say it's also kind of what gets me about this is like this it sort of shines a light on the size of the character that was made famous by hater like that acting, like his acting there is a shadow 
that Isaac's got to pull himself out from underneath. <laughs> I mean, the exposure that that character has had worldwide. Yeah. That the the same reason they probably want to make the movie. What they see is ticket sales are a bunch of people that are going to show up to see if this guy can get out of the shadow of this actor that's made. How I mean, in terms of mini series or television seasons, what would you say? How many television seasons is the entire Metal Gear catalog at this point? If you're just talking about games, yeah, at least uh, ten, right? We're talking Game of Thrones level seasons here. I'm I'm subscribing to HBO Max for the next ten years. Right, (laughs) that's kind of what I'm saying. Like that, they they have a that character is huge. What what great voice acting, man! Just saying, what what great voice acting. All right, all right. Um, so Brando, Nano Machines. Uh, what is the (laughs) best Metal Gear game then? Number one. Whoa, 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 <laughs> Let me uh, stop us real quick for a second. May I suggest, you could totally shoot me down, may I suggest we start with maybe like three, two, one, or do you just want to jump into the top? Okay, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll do uh, each one of you three, two, one, and then we'll, um, I'll, I'll rank it, and then we'll have like our definitive top three list. Is okay. that... We could do like that, and then maybe I'll I'll do that, and then we'll share it on the next episode or something. 